Hey folks, it's the editor here with a quick note before you start this episode. Um, we had a lot of great conversation this week that I didn't want to chop out. So what you're going to see here is a pretty standard SoCo show episode, but I've removed the tenant discussion from this uh, episode that you've just clicked on, and I'm going to upload it as a second piece um, shortly after this one. So you'll see tenant separately in your podcast feed. Feel free to listen to this entire episode of the SoCo show with no tenant spoilers and keep an eye out for that second upload. Enjoy the show. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the SoCo Show. It's episode number 160. This is, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. Slip, slap, sloopy. Slap, slap, sloopy, indeed. Uh, our honorary third host is here as well. At Jared Buckendall. JB, welcome back, man. Here comes the poopy. Here comes the poopy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the three of us are all here, but we are not alone. Uh, returning yet again. That don't impress me much. <laughs> Lizzie Monday is back on the podcast. <laughs> exactly, the token female is token back. Here. We're gonna get we're gonna get some estrogen fueled uh, insights into everything we're talking about. Lindsay, how you been in the last few weeks? Good. <laughs> I, I'm alive. I'm not on fire like the rest of my state, so I'm a happy camper. Scotty's on that fire. That is. Uh, about as good as it gets in 2020 is alive and not on fire. So I'm happy, happy for you that that's how you're doing. <laughs> if she were on fire, we'd have to, you know, turn on some Alicia Keys. This girl's on fire. <laughs> oh, wow. That is, that's Cody's song to sing. You sing that one a lot. I do. I love that song. Uh, the, the female power anthems uh, are not exclusive to females, Jared. Men can listen to those too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Big, big girls do cry. <laughs> they do. Um, Jared, I got to ask you, because you, we talked last week, uh, about some legal battles that you've been facing. And yes. It sounds like you have an up, sounds like you've got an update for us. I, uh, yeah, I do. Uh, um, so <laughs> it was a ruse. It was, uh, it was, a. Uh, I bamboozled all of you. That was, a that was a fictional story. None of that was actually <laughs> happening, which, uh, we talked about after the fact, um, because, I, I don't know, this show, we just kind of riff, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes. And, uh, Cody, you did not know, I guess, throughout the whole show. I thought I had made it clear. <laughs> Seth was laughing. He knew it was happening. Um, so everyone actually thought I was in legal trouble, from my sister to my parents. Uh, oh, because no! she Because she then asked my, my – Jill listens to the show. <laughs> so then she asked my parents. But then, uh, Cody, your, your girlfriend actually sent me money via Venmo and say <laughs> – this is to fight the man. <laughs> I had to respectively uh, send it back to her and say, I am sorry. It was a ruse. Oh, I, my God. Uh, I, I did not mean to, and I apologize. Sure, you're just too good of an actor, I guess. I guess. Um, also, um, I have a new business pro- proposition coming up after this, so I'll, 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 you know, I'll pitch it to you guys. Um, it's not in any way a pyramid scheme. <laughs> oh. Okay, good. That's the tagline. Well, I bo- I take everything you say uh, as true, so uh, I can't wait to get in on this totally not a pyramid scheme and get rich together. <laughs> That's um, the name of the company, actually. Totally not a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, I'm glad that at least it fooled other people, 
it it may be my fault that it, <laughs> that it, <laughs> that it fooled other people. Um, and I haven't gotten to cha- I haven't actually gotten to talk to Gina about it. So um, we'll have to have a laugh about that later. But I was genuinely fooled by that. I thought you were being serious. <laughs> and so I was very glad to hear that you weren't. Um, and also that you returned Gina's $25 because uh, uh, uh. I, it could, it could have been misconstrued. She could have been paying you $25 to fight me because, oh, I'm the man. And, well, I mean, uh, I guess, I, yeah, because your, your prize fight between, uh, what's his name didn't go through. So I guess I'd have to step in as a uh, volunteer as tribute, right? Yeah. Kumail never showed up cause no. he's a pussy, but, uh, but it's, it sounds like it's going to be me and you. And some of our listeners will remember, Jared feels pretty confident about his ability to beat my ass in a fight. <laughs> so, uh, so I think uh, I had that's going to have to I, go down. <laughs> I had to pick one. I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> so for a $25 purse, it's going to be uh, JB versus Co. Uh, we're going to have to throw it down at some point. Huh. I'd like to watch that. <laughs> Lindsay, I don't know. Who, Lindsay, who do you got winning? I don't know. He's got height on you. But feel sometimes, but he's yeah. I think I think Jared could win. For, for some could. reason, <laughs> for some reason, I picture Jared like having like this crazy sneaky like roundhouse kick that he can just throw out of nowhere. <laughs> like he looks like he has no idea what he's doing, but all of a sudden he just spins and kicks Cody's head off. Oh my God. <laughs> That'd be great. Wow. Well, I'll say this: it's it's very uh, sweet of you guys to um, hesitantly pick Jared and then. <laughs> Gift and then gift him kung fu powers to justify. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm I'm not a I'm not I've never been accused of being strong or good in a fight. So it's totally reasonable that we all assume Jared would beat me up. It, it's it's probably true. And for that reason, this fight is never going to happen. <laughs> not because we're friends and like each other. That's got nothing to do with it. No, I, absolutely. I just think not. I'd lose. So so we're not we're not ever going to get in a fight, Jared. I promise. I have the same uh, promise with Seth and with Lindsay uh, for the exact same reason. So yeah. we're just going to keep that going. I'm not going to get in any fights. Yeah, we never physically fought before, but you have gotten a few wedgies and uh, power bombed onto cement before by me. So yeah, it's it's been a while since any of that happened, and that's because yeah. I've been on good behavior. So, uh, <laughs> I, well, like I a stay couple on weeks. good behavior. Yeah. <laughs> the power bomb happened oh, wow. when we were in like first grade, I think. Yeah. Power bottom. Yeah, he was the oh, it was, that's weird. What he was I the heard. power bottom back then. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> times were different. Uh, anyway, now let's get <laughs> to something different. Um, no, uh, to be clear, not a power bottom, just a regular bottom. <laughs> <To be clear>. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> not a power bottom, just a regular bottom. The Cody Michael story. Oh, no. <laughs> that's the second. That's, that's his biography. Title. title of your sex tape. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> Wow, I'll give you one. I'll give you one for that. That's a good one. Um, I'm so glad that we have a full house today because we have a shitload of stuff to talk about, you guys. There was a lot of news in the movie world this week that we're going to touch on. Uh, We've got a lot of things to review, including Tenet, uh, the big... I, I would say summer blockbuster, but it's kind of the entire year's blockbuster because it sounds like it's the del- movie we're going to get. Didn't that get delayed? And Tenet watch. Tenet. <laughs> I thought that comes you out You had me year. for a second. Um, so we've all seen Tenet and we've all got thoughts and some of those (laughs) thoughts are going to require spoilers. So, uh, later in the show, we're going to give our, our reviews again of Tenet, but then also we're going to have a spoiler section. So keep an ear out for that later. So you don't have anything spoiled, but we'll have an, we'll have ample warning before we get into that. So just keep an eye out. Um, 
for things. So as I said, guys, a lot of shit to talk about, a lot of stuff we're going to cover, and we're going to have a lot of fun along the way. But before we jump into any of that stuff, you know, we got to start with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. A lot of a lot of good Iron Sheik um, goodies this week, um, but there's really one that I think we have to that I have to read because today, as we're recording, September 9th, is Iron Sheik's birthday. Wow! Wait, today, today. Oh my god! Happy birthday to the Sheik! So he he of course had to tweet about it. He had to make sure everyone knows about his birthday, and he says, "Happy birthday to me! Happy birthday to me! I am the legend, and I suplex you, suplex you, jabroni." <laughs> ah, little rhyme action i like that i like that uh let's see what what sounder can we hit for the sheik's birthday um let's see how about we'll give him the lebron one for three for the win yes lebron james at the buzzer he actually weirdly enough tweeted about lebron james uh this week he said where to go? Bron, Bron, not the Jabron, Jabron. <laughs> <laughs> that one's pretty great. I like that one a lot. There was one. I know it's not my job to uh, to submit chic tweets, Seth, but I saw one the other day I really liked. Do you mind if I insert one in here? It, it might be the same one that I'm thinking. So go ahead. Is it a song? Yes. <laughs> you go. Okay. You go ahead. I don't want to. I don't want to break tradition. So you say it. But I love this one. Why? Why don't I'll do? I'll do the first part and you finish it. How's that? Okay, yeah, go ahead. All right. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> bah, bah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one from the Sheik. Uh, active on the tweets, tweeting about LeBron, tweeting our favorite Neil Diamond songs, and of course, celebrating his birthday. Happy birthday out there to the Iron Sheik. I call you a punk. Alrighty, let's shout out those sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs. Head over to mathisdesigns.com for all your stationery and graphic design needs, as well as a whole bunch of new stuff. So go check out the new website. I almost interrupted you with the new uh, spiel there. Uh, <laughs> paid! Yeah, I haven't settled on a new spiel. I need to lock that one down here. Um, last but certainly not least, Mike's Wood. Head over to etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. Well, before I go into this, um, <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. I knew I this did was a- coming. Give it to I- me, Sappy. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did happen to listen to uh, a couple weeks ago when Lindsay filled in for me. Um, I guess Jared technically filled in, but Lindsay was the guest. And, uh, you know, there were some comments made about the, the noise that's done after the uh after the uh, mike's wood so i'd like to ask you Lindsay, do you have any suggestions for a replacement what would you replace it with oh god um what about some a song that talks about a mic <laughs> <laughs> isn't there like a uh what are the, what song do they sing in like mike is there a like mike song <laughs> <laughs> I think I can weigh in on that one. Uh, so on the Like Mike soundtrack, there's actually a lot of songs that talk about Mike. Um, I don't know if any of them would fit here, but there is one of my favorite songs that talks about Mike is the Nick Cannon song, My Mike, um, which is not, it's not like a hit, but it, he says, my Mike, my Mike. And I think that could fit. Okay. Um, I was going to submit potentially, Seth, and, and you know, feel free to, to 
you know, do with this what you want. Instead of your typical male orgasm noise, a female <laughs> orgasm, I think might, uh, I think that might bring in the female audience a little bit more to know go that their orgasms and- are also being represented. Yeah, as the female uh, female token female, I'm going to go ahead and weigh in and say a hard no to that one. Um, but there is a hard in that. Oh, God. Hello. Oh, that's nasty. Wow. So why why not this? Next week is our anniversary show. It's, uh, it's you know, three years. We, I've been doing that noise for at least a couple. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think may, maybe, because um, that's the only time in my life I get to do it. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why don't um next week we introduce a new sound or sounder for mike's wood and this week be the last week of the the grunt well that's an end wow. of an era you have Lindsay. you've affected change well i will say once again as the token female that you not making that sound on the show might enable you to make it more in real life that's all I'm <laughs> <laughs> ah, interesting <laughs> Trust me, I am not getting any girls from this podcast, nor will any in the in the future that I do meet listen to this podcast. I had that happen before, and that you know, you never know. You like, never what's know. the deal with the part where you go, uh? Yeah, that's that's actually exactly one of the issues that was represented from for listening. If if nothing else, obviously we've seen change affected here. We're about to hear for the final time the the, the infamous grunt. Um, but what I think this, I think, sets up is a new segment where we have sexy dating tips from Lindsay. And I think, I, just looking down at the board right now, I think we can use that sounder and it'll be Lindsay's crazy good dating and sex tips. Um, and it'll I'm be, sorry. It'll be Lindsay guiding Seth through the world <laughs> of uh, properly timing his grunts. In you a way that's more appropriate. You want dating and sex tips from the only divorced person here under 30? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, you have, you have experience. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we you know you had sex at least once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've only on read about it in books. Night, that was it. <laughs> you, did the whole, you did the whole lifespan of a relationship. You're the only one of us with that experience. So, of course... You're the person we need to come to. I'm glad that we've settled on this. It's signed. The deal is done. Lindsay will be back next week with more of those tips. Um, but uh, in terms of the first one, don't make gross sex noises when you're not supposed to. That sounds like <laughs> I like that one a lot. No, but Seth, you got to do like you got to do the grossest, most intense, guttural sex noise. Get it all out of your system. Go full throttle. Now, here you go. Last time. All right. Ready? You ready? Do you want, you want me to set it. you up? Yeah, just say Mike's Wood. <laughs> okay. Here we go. One more time. Mike's Wood. God, my fingernails are digging into my palms so hard. Right now. I can't. I can't. <laughs> my stuff just went up inside of me. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh, that should be the new that should be the new sounder. Oh, oh my. Mike. Yeah, like, oh Mike! <gasps> that's it. Oh, I love it. We did Decision. it. That's it. I'm gonna not remember this, so <laughs> remind me. What I'll sucks remember. is next week we don't have any edits. There'll be there'll be no edits out of the show, so if I forget that, you're it's it's gonna be seen live on air. I'll remind you. That'll be worry. fun for all the viewers. That was, I, I don't know what, I, Jared and Lindsay, I don't think heard it correctly, Seth, but I, I know that inhale at the beginning with that 
sort of throat clearing noise like mm-hmm. that made I'm I'm rock hard still. <laughs> so I'm just saying, even though we're not going to be doing it on the show, I would highly recommend you keep those sounds in your repertoire for for use. Uh, you know, in the ear of someone you might be trying to woo. I think it's going to be really mm-hmm. effective. I'll remember that for our next visit. Says says oh, the no. straight man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know anything about what turns girls on, but I know that that is one of those things. So uh, keep doing it. Um, wow. Well, I'm glad that we got that all done. Um, I, I do. You never, I will you, say though. Never, I think. <laughs> I think there is some. Um, I think there is an idea in there of having uh, Lindsay send like clips of something every week. I think that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Clips send, of what am I sending? Just I, we'll figure it out. What like I mean the sex tips I think could be funny even if you just made them funny. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> but just like you sending in clips for us like surprise like none of us know what it is until we That open would be it. fun. I'm so yeah. down. Yeah, we'll we'll brainstorm later. Yeah, we'll talk about that for sure. In the meantime, uh got to roll through the rest of these ads. One one last one for Anchor. Here's our previously recorded selves talk about that. All right, great stuff. Actually, I, I didn't we didn't talk about this before, but I'm actually I'm going to be retiring that ad as well, and and we're going to make an update to that um, because we have our upcoming live show, uh, which we haven't talked about yet today, but the live show next week, a week from the release of this show, uh, so no, uh, sorry, September seventeenth is the live show day, eight p.m. Central Time, and we're going to be over on the YouTube channel at Jared Buckendall. And so Jared's going to be hosting us. We're going to do the show. You're going to be able to see us. You're going to be able to chat with us and be part of the show live. So we hope that you'll join us um, for that. And as you've heard so far, we're going to debut some new things. We've got new sounder for Mike. We've got new ad for Anchor. And there's going to be some more new stuff that I won't uh, I won't tell you about yet. But make sure you guys are there for that episode. It's going to be an historic night um, for the SoCo show. Lots of, lots of great things kind of coming down the pipe. Um, one of those things too, is the announcement of all of our new anchor wankers. So if you want to become <laughs> an anchor wanker, more formally known as an anchor contributor, you can link to anchor in the description box and, uh, choose to contribute at the level that's right for you. We certainly appreciate all of our anchor wankers and not only them, but the folks who are listening every week, every time you click on one of these episodes, uh, it helps us out a little bit. So we certainly appreciate not only your time in listening, but, uh, in sharing this episode with folks as well and helping our grow our audience. So shouts out to all of you for all of that. And Thank you for that, being an anchor wanker. <laughs> there you go. You know who I found out that you sound like? I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on. You sound like the the guy from The Boys. Um, Carl Urban. Uh, Carl, Ur- Carl Urban's uh, character from Billy The Boys. Butcher. Which, yeah, I Billy will. Butcher. I will. Which, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that a little bit later, but that's who you sound like to me. Um, so... Uh, shouts out again to everyone and to Anchor and all of our sponsors, of course. Links to every one of those in the description box. We're going to flip gears now, though, and we're going to talk about a lot of news that's been happening in the world of movies these last two weeks. So let's dive into it. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Let's start with a little discussion about the box office. Uh, We haven't talked about box office in a long time. But lately, uh, certainly with Tenet being released uh, in theaters and a lot of people getting their way out to see that, we know that they had a pretty successful weekend, all things considered. Um, someone will need to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I, I saw that it was north of $20 million, uh, was the worldwide gross for the opening weekend, Labor Day weekend <clears throat> of Tenet, which certainly is not, I think, what they expected or hoped for in a traditional release 
But I'm curious uh, for you guys. Now, I know we're not in, in necessarily the production company setting, but knowing that we've all seen Tenet, knowing that their hope was for a blockbuster, that they were able to bring this in in a world where we didn't think we were getting to theaters and gross 20 million plus on an opening weekend. Would you, would each of you guys determine that to be a success or is it evidence that we need to rethink this thing and maybe either go VOD or delay some of these movies? Jared, what do you think of that? Well, we can go the way of math um, and kind of estimate stuff because, okay, so it made 20 million domestically and then they averaged all of his other films and I guess they typically make around 50 to 60 um, opening. So, you know, you take that, that's two-fifths of 50,000. Each theater is about 50% roughly. I mean, it adds up. It it seems like it did fine for the weird circumstances Mm -hmm. that it's in. Um, sure, a lot of markets, for example, New York and L.A. and California, just uh, bigger states and stuff, they just didn't even have it because of everything that's going on. So, mm-hmm. sure, maybe the number might be looking low to uh, officials or uh, you know business people, executives over there. But I think that for the weird situation, like I said, that we're in, this was kind of a win, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And I did see, too, that New York is starting to lift some of their restrictions. Um, I, I, obviously, movie theaters aren't open yet, but, like, restaurants are going to start opening to, like, 25% and stuff. So, And they're, they're, they've been pretty careful about everything since they had the initial run of stuff. So I think that, um, you know, if New York starts to open up and, and, you know, that type of thing, we'll start to see more box office returns, which is kind of what was going into what I was thinking is I think you're, it's, it's too hard to tell what is a success yet until we get maybe even a month down the road. Cause I'm sure that tenant will be in the theater well into maybe even October. Mm-hmm. Um, and my guess is that you would see maybe like potentially not obviously not like opening weekend numbers, but maybe even consistently after this drop consistently rising numbers a little bit as more theaters open because People are maybe starting to get a, a, a little more comfortable to go do things, and places are starting to open up. Maybe you start to see that box office go up a little bit. So, it with higher or with longer box office runs, it still might end up being not too far off. Um, that's the optimist in my head. The I mean, obviously, the other side of me too is like, you know, you're never going to reach those numbers, which might get like some of your um, bigger. Um, bigger budget movies or some of your higher profile movies like dune to push back a little bit further until we start to see more and more things open up and potentially vaccines as we're getting closer to that stuff that stuff too so stuff that's maybe on the horizon might back off a little bit more now knowing that they could have higher returns in just a few months potentially Mm -hmm. and a good example Mm -hmm. of that is today i don't think it's a hundred percent official yet Mm -hmm. but uh wonder woman is being talked about being moved to december um from Mm -hmm. its october spot one thing I will I do want to add is something I'm more interested in than Tenant being like the box office box office numbers on Tenant is the box office numbers like this upcoming weekend on something like the Broken Hearts Gallery. A mm, mm-hmm. lot smaller movie, but it has had some advertising, and it's going to be the big release, quote unquote, this weekend. If that if those can pull out, maybe not 20 million, but 10 to 15 million, I think we'll start seeing some of those range movies play in between the you know not having the blockbusters. Some of those like smaller, maybe have a few stars in it, or maybe they had some hope for it being like a like a success, kind of like Booksmart was. But now it's the only thing, and maybe they try and put it in the theater, and we get some more of those, which I would be happy with because I prefer you know the smaller, 
like smaller stories that that type of thing to some of the larger stuff that's coming out anyway mm-hmm. so uh, i'd be excited to see more of those if those do well um, I'm, I'm hoping that we get more of those yeah, and Cody, I don't know if you have the numbers here, but yeah, twenty million domestically, but it looks like worldwide it has made one hundred and fifty so far. Which I mean, that it's that's a lot of money. I mean, sure, the budget. I mean, it was supposed to be what a two hundred million dollar movie, and then marketing and all that on top of it. Plus, they had to make like thousands of posters because they moved it a week every <laughs> single day. Yeah. Um, so. I, it's it's weird. I think that Seth, you're hitting it on the head where it's like these movies are not going to pull in great numbers starting off, but they're going to have such a longer run. So, mm-hmm. is it a thing where people are going to slowly roll out to the movie theater, kind of you know the casuals? Because this opening weekend was like the hardcore fans, the people that were dying to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you both have great points because for so for Tenant, they have to make as you say 200 million to break even here. But for something like Broken Hearts Gallery, they might be able to do that with a solid opening weekend, you know, if it's mm-hmm. a 10 to $15 million movie. So it could be and- the case that this sets up those smaller movies to have even more success. And, and maybe it's the blockbusters that continue to delay, but the yeah. smaller movies, if they have enough draw to, to, to pull out a $10 million weekend, uh, maybe that's going to be their domain now for a little bit of time. That could be the case. And those also don't have quite the window um, to, like, push off VOD like Tenet's not going to be on VOD for six months like their normal thing probably Mm -hmm. Um, Broken Hearts Gallery could be on VOD two weeks later um, three weeks later something like that so once it gets through that initial push of the people wanting to go out to see it and maybe it makes five to ten million dollars they could get another five to ten online um, VOD and maybe make their money back or make a profit which not a lot of movies are probably doing right now so the other thing, and Jared mentioned this, the international audiences. So they made plenty over the weekend overseas, which is great news. And I think potentially that could lead to the international audiences becoming even more important mm-hmm. uh, to the U.S.-based companies than they are today. But I want to shift gears here to a more international story. Uh, the this sort of counter uh, counterside to the Tenet release was the Mulan release last weekend. And we had this coming out on Disney Plus. If you were a subscriber to Disney Plus, you could pay $30 to unlock Mulan and watch it from home. Uh, None of us have done that. Uh, None of us shelled out the $30. So we don't know how this movie is, whether it's good or bad. But we've seen a lot of news come out uh, that's sort of background to this movie that's been very interesting. Before I jump into that, one thing to mention, Disney Plus hasn't put out numbers yet, so we don't know how many people have seen Mulan, mm-hmm. uh, certainly how many people paid for it. That'll be something we're keeping an, out for, an eye out for if they do put that out. We'll certainly report on it. But I want to talk about is Hey, Cody, Mulan... quick, quick one thing. Um, yeah, go ahead, So Jared. Disney does not have official numbers, but someone ran some analytics, and again, I don't know exactly who this was, if they are a, you know accredited association or whatnot, but they claimed that 1.12 million people, I think, rented it. Therefore, it's like 36 million opening weekend. Mm-hmm. So again, that... that's, that's a rough estimate. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, fact. Yeah. But... I also think, too, if it's a box office, who knows how many of that 36 million people, how many people watched it? You know, right. like mm-hmm. it, like there, if that's three kids per family, then really it's closer to 100 million potentially. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. Mm-hmm. Or it would have been that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bottom line, I think, is what's going to be important. How much were they able to squeeze out of this orange um, that they didn't think they were going to get to use? And so, yeah, if it is 30 million, I would also consider that to be a success. You know, it's, it's similar to what we saw domestically. Um, for tenant, but uh, 
I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's a lot of controversy around Mulan uh, for a couple of reasons. One, the the star, um, the person who plays Mulan in this movie, um, she has been kind of under fire for being in support of the Chinese government. And I won't get too much into Chinese politics, but essentially the, the government of China has kind of taken over Hong Kong, which was before an independent state. And um, there's a lot of sort of authoritarian uh, characteristics to the Chinese government that are now being enforced in Hong Kong where they formerly weren't. And uh, this actress, I'm going to pull up her name. I know I'm going to say it wrong, um, but her name is uh, Liu Yifei. And she came out and she was actually in support um, of some of those authoritarian uh, sort of tactics. This would be the equivalent in the U.S. of someone coming out in support of the police in America right now. It's kind of similar in that there's belief on a lot of people's sides that there's overstepping happening. And there's a lot of people that think she's taken the wrong side in that. In addition to her, we also found out recently that a part of the movie, from the sound of it, lots of parts of this movie, were filmed in a region of China where there have been some concentration camps built. And there's some, uh, there's a religious minority that's being sent there and essentially being held in concentration camps in this area. So the speculation is that Disney and Mulan may have known that was happening and still decided to work with those people in those areas who may have also had something to do with those. So there's a lot wrapped up in here. This is the question that I want to get to. Um, and, and so I want to know whether or not this is different domestically, but also internationally, but knowing that there's that, that civil unrest going on in China, that Mulan seems to be on the wrong side of, is that going to deter you from eventually seeing Mulan? Will you boycott Mulan or will you watch it? Um, so the question I'll ask is to you first, Lindsay, knowing that all of that is happening in China, is that important to you? Is that a good enough reason for you to not watch Mulan? Just specifically those things? Um, yeah, no, that's really hard. I think I would have to do a little bit of my own research and see what's going on and what's being said. Um, if I'm honest with you, I wasn't going to watch this movie anyway, but, um, <laughs> uh, that sounds, that sounds pretty rough. That's not cool. No part of me likes the idea of concentration camps or the production teams working with the people running those because they wanted those locations. That sounds very, very shitty. Um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely boycott a movie for less. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess my comparison then, I'm wondering, is it different for you when it's, um, so we have, there, we have the monsters in the U.S. Kevin Spacey's, I guess, the best example I can come up with right now. Okay. We know that he did some shit that's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the case of, of Liu Yifei, the star of Mulan, we just know that she potentially supports people that we don't like. How is that different for you? Is there is there a world where if the star of a movie is, let's analogize it to America today. If the if Chris Pratt comes out and says I'm in support of Blue Lives Matter, uh, is is that going to prevent? Is just supporting that side of things going to prevent you from seeing a movie, or does it matter that it's not actually an act that was committed by that person? Do you understand the difference I'm asking about? I, I do understand the difference. Um, that's really interesting. Um quite frankly and this is i know this isn't the best thing that's ever going to come out of my mouth but i'm just being <laughs> honest i 
I'm not Chinese. I don't live over there. I'm not from there. So even like very bad human rights things, like putting people in a concentration camp is awful. But I am a big supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement. That matters to me a lot. What's going on in our country with the police matters to me a lot right now. So yeah, I would for sure boycott any Chris Pratt movie if he's speaking out. Um, truly, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would. Like, that. that is more important to me personally. But I still, I want to clarify, I don't know any of the details of this Mulan thing. So I would definitely want to do more research to yeah. be and, and to be clear i wasn't laughing at the fact that because i believe you would support that i just i'm laughing at the thought of chris pratt doing something like that yeah. because he's such like a like he seems like a nice guy but he also is like he, he plays a lot of bumbling idiots so i'm just picturing andy dwyer out there <laughs> being, with, <laughs> being like all lives matter and shit like that God. yeah pratt Yikes. he specifically is is more conservative than i think a lot of hollywood is he's um, very conservative so I, it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me a ton if he did, um, but I think he's smart in keeping his mouth shut if that's what he thinks. But I want to pose that question to you guys too. Jared, you first. Um, it, I guess two questions. One is what's going on in China going to prevent you from seeing Mulan? And then also is that is the support different than that individual actually committing a crime themselves? Yeah, um, I'm going to be honest. I had no really idea that this was going on, so I am kind yeah, of glad <laughs> that I did not rent uh, Mulan. And the thing is, it's it's this thing with any uh, – and, and this is not me saying it's all right, but any business that's successful or corporation, you know that there's some shady stuff going on. And um, I'm, I'm assuming that Disney or someone somewhere up knew that this was going on. It was cheap land probably or they weren't going to go scout other uh, – potential places to film and just just went with it um and they they were hoping the best probably didn't come out um i i think yeah because i mean that's the thing is like if this was happening in the u.s it's like that's obviously going to change our minds because we're dealing with it firsthand what Mm -hmm. what's halfway across the world going to do or change you know everything's uh cuckoo kachoo right now in the world so i think that you know just a little bit of doing anything is going to hopefully help in the long run and whatnot where this could potentially show uh, a huge decline in the box office for Disney and then they're like oh shit we can't do this moving forward like we've kind of had mm-hmm. a, a tainted past of uh, you know some uh, practices that haven't been the best so maybe we need to uh, reform some of that but then moving over, over to the other thing um I think that with those high profile it I think it's honestly kind of just as bad for people that are high profile like that because they have such an influence that they can then mm-hmm. get people to jump on board with that. So say they are, you know, on a stance and everyone has their own opinion to certain things, but it gets to a a point where you know it's very much against just human rights and equality and everything and if you are able to turn the tide of a group of people in your favor to go against these other people, that is almost worse because then you're getting more people to that yeah i agree with you i there's a it's the with great power comes great responsibility thing right like you have a base that you know you can move and if you're moving them in the wrong direction that's that's pretty heinous so i I tend to agree with you um seth where are you at in these things yeah i'll be honest too i forgot the original question it's been so long (laughs) um but but uh um You'd mentioned something like, am, am I boycotting it? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm boycotting. I feel like boycott's a little bit of a strong um, term, as in, like, for me, boycott's, like, I'm not watching it and also, like, telling others not to watch it. I'm more of, like, 
Um, just not supporting I, it. I, I, yeah, it's like, I don't want to watch it, really. Like, kind of like Lindsay said, I don't really want to watch it. I'm not going to pay $30 regardless. Um, and I honestly, the original Mulan is not one of my favorites either. <laughs> I, I think I've only seen it maybe once. So I was really never super on board for this anyway. I think everyone's like kind of was super excited for it since it got announced and the trailer. And I've kind of been in the back being like, yeah, I mean okay <laughs> like I'm, i guess i'll watch it um and then all this stuff went down like if it would have been in the theater yeah i, I would have saw it but i'm not gonna especially i probably i might go my entire life never seeing it to be honest because <laughs> i just don't care and yeah also too like with this added stuff it's like i don't have a reason to see it and there's really there's reasons not to see it now so like all that stuff is, is definitely terrible and you know i i appreciate you informing me on it because i didn't know um about that i mean i knew about the stuff in hong kong a little bit but not with her um Mm -hmm. so you know yeah i'll probably go my entire life never seeing it and it's not that i'm like fuck mulan i'm just like yeah i guess i don't need to see it now (laughs) and i think there's gonna be a lot of that because one of the things i had heard when when we were talking about like are you gonna pay 30 dollars to see this movie it was a lot of people just saying i don't really care to see it. So no, I'm not going to spend 30 bucks. And I think there's going to be a lot of that too. I think a lot of the American audience is saying, I wasn't really looking forward to Milan necessarily. So that this is going on. Yeah, I guess maybe I'll just not see it. And that's kind of where I'm at too. I, and I, I actually was looking forward to Milan. I, I think what they, what they appear to be making in that movie is something that I'm interested in, but I, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to pay the $30 for it now. And unless I can get a hold of it for free, I, I may not watch this now that well, I know that, but that's um, a, that, I mean, it, it's supposed to come on Disney Plus for free, like as a normal thing in December. So, yeah. so then is, I might. Okay. But I'm certainly not going to give them any more money than I'm already giving them um, to see it. And and mm. if I can find if I can find a way to pirate it instead, and I don't want to see it that bad, that's a thing. Um, yeah. Then I would do that. But I just think it's a lot of people stateside that just don't care enough um, that it's that it. I don't think there was a lot of anticipation that's being affected anyway. And I think no. that's reflected here. Um, yeah, I would encourage very, you guys to read up on this. Disney yeah. was very worried about how it was going to do um, from the beginning because the trailers make it look lame. It looks lame and boring. <laughs> and it, it, looks, it looks intense and not fun. I'm on the opposite side of Seth in terms of Mulan's actually one of my favorite Disney movies. And I heard that they were cutting the music and that was a big bummer because I like the music. But then you add in the fact that it just basically looks like they're trying to make like a serious kind of like war movie (laughs) out Mm -hmm. of a Disney cartoon. And um, this isn't really a spoiler, but if you're like a super Mulan fanatic, I guess don't listen. Like none of the characters are in it. They they killed ever killed off or cut out every single one of the characters that we all know and love. And um, she doesn't have a love interest because they didn't want her to have a love interest, which in theory I'm on the side of, but even male leads in action movies have love interests, so I don't really feel like that's like the best feminist statement or, or a good re- good enough reason. And um, I've also, yeah, I, I know some people that have watched it, so I've heard some interesting things, but um, as you were all talking, I was doing what Cody said and Googling and looking it up a little bit. It basically seems like they thanked these people in the credits. Like, we'd like to thank the good mm-hmm. people at Auschwitz for everything that they did to yeah. help this movie yeah. get made. And everyone's like, oh, what? So, yeah, uh, yeah that doesn't look. sound great. No, no. It <laughs> says, like, something like two million Muslim Turkish people or something have been in these camps. So, 
as many as two yeah. million Muslim, yeah, Turkic minorities. So yeah, that sounds awful. So I was yeah. never going to watch it. Nobody was ever going to watch it, which is why they kept pushing it. It's why they're putting it on Disney Plus for lots of money. And uh, goodbye and good luck. <laughs> that is and, a brilliant way to kind of summarize. <laughs> I think it, it's just a, it's a bad look. And I so on the topic of cutting the music and taking out Mushu and all that. What what's what's funny about that is you're right in that American audiences heard that and went, oh, fuck that movie then. But that's actually what made me interested in it because mm. the story of Mulan is Disney didn't come up with that story. It's like an ancient fucking folktale from China. Okay. And so, um, and so for me, I was like, oh, is this going to be a more honest retelling? And it's going to be more of an honoring of a traditional tale than the cartoon version. While I like it, it does seem a little bit like Americans laughing at Chinese caricatures. <laughs> and so um, while I don't, I don't mean to like, I don't, I'm not saying like you suck if you like Mulan or whatever, but that's actually what I was really interested in about this movie. And what I've heard in the reviews is that it just doesn't land right. And that it ends up boring and not fun. And mm-hmm. whether or not the, the cartoon Mulan maybe sets us up for failure here, I don't know. But that's even a separate issue. I don't think American audiences cared enough in general about this for that to get other people besides me there. And I think what we're going to see, like Jared said, is we're going to see a lot. I think we're going to see a dent in the box office because people who see this are going to go, oh, well, I definitely didn't care enough to watch it now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I know some information that directly counteracts what you just said, Cody, about it being like a more serious historical retelling. Like if that was the mm-hmm. original purpose, then they made some hysterical miscalculations because yeah, I've heard, I think heard I it's, I would at. just yeah. be and vaguely, I would vaguely say it's more fantastical in some ways yeah. than the original. Yep. So yeah. Hmm. Oh. I heard that too when I was like. Yeah, that's it's not what I thought it was going to be when I was first initi- uh, initially introduced to it. But yeah, sounds like they know. made they needed to pick a freaking lane. It sounds like they couldn't pick a lane, and they got a mm-hmm. weird. Which uh, brings me to Tenant. No, I'm kidding, but <laughs> but also for real, oh, we'll, we'll certainly we'll certainly get to Tenant, and, and it's like I said, kind of the flip side of the the releases this last weekend. Tenant and Mulan both having very different experiences. Um, Seth, before we jump on, what were you driving at a second ago? I was just going to say, kind of reversing back to like the whole ethical part of it. Um, again, this is Disney, who up until mm-hmm. <laughs> I just looked up um, 2001, uh, they were they were showing the movie Song of the South, which is probably the most racist movie. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> that. Yeah. So bad. And it was a building block of Disney animation back in the day. It was released, re-released in the theaters a bunch of times and was still a ride. There was a ride base on it at Disney, one of the Disney mm-hmm. parks, and it's being replaced like this year with a, with a new one. So, like, <laughs> giving money for to non-ethical things, like, that's what Disney is... Anytime you go see a fucking Avengers movie, you're technically doing that to this company who only cares about money. That's all they care yeah, about. Yeah, I... Uh, so, that's what companies do, man. It's all money. I can mm-hmm. personally yeah. say Disney. that I know, like, six people that have quit Disney, personally. Yeah. Wow. Because of not liking their working experience and environment there. And it, it's all about money. And it, yes, and it being very much like that, Seth. All about money, not about the people. We don't give a shit about the people. Shut up and make yep. us money. Yeah. Man. Yeah, they have a reputation of that, but still, they, they make entertaining shit, I guess. Which is so crazy. I mean, we'll that's coming going. from Disney. Is there ever a place that should be, like, the happy people? It should be fucking yeah. Disney, so. Yep. Well, it's, I mean, 
as much as I hate to be a, a dark cloud over everyone, we last time you were on, Lindsay, we talked about the same shit with Ellen. Yeah, like, no, literally, these, I was all, just like the same thing, Co. Yeah. All these things that are supposed to be the beacons of happiness and good uh, ultimately are still businesses, and, yeah. and their job is to make money. And so they may not always be what they seem. Uh, I think but that doesn't important. mean you can make freaking money and be a successful business and still treat your people with respect. So Absolutely. Let's Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. But once a yeah. year, you have to let loose and go to an island and, you know, hunt people. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to some Epstein shit. Oh, no, no, second, no, no, no. But... I'm, I, I'm more into sport hunting. Yeah. different kind of thing. I'm, I'm still thinking one of these days, Tom, like with all because we're everything's so deceptive. We think like think everything like certain things are great some things are evil i think one of these days tom hanks is just gonna like put a video up on no. on twitter or something and he's gonna unzip from the back of his head <laughs> hitler's gonna be inside no i, I told you <laughs> oh, holy i hope shit. not that i think that'd horrible. be the last straw that'd be the last straw for a lot of americans so i, I really hope <laughs> tom if you're listening and i know you are uh, just keep your secret for a little while longer. We can't, we can't take, not in 2020. We can't take it. Man. <laughs> oh, you, Seth, you didn't know what you were doing, but you just gave me a brilliant segue. Um, because Tom, Tom Hanks was in the news earlier this year. Cause he was one of the first celebrities to contract COVID oh, and, mm-hmm. and we got to follow along with his experience there. And, and lately COVID has been in the news because it's always in the news, but with relation to movies, uh, we heard this week, an interesting bit of this. Uh, the Batman, which we've all talked about recently, how excited we are uh, based on the new trailer that came out. Um, but it's now come out this week. Robert Pattinson, the star of the Batman, uh, has tested positive for COVID. So they've had to shut down uh, production because he's the star. So they can't really do anything uh, for at least a couple weeks. They're in Britain. And so um, apparently Britain has their their rules for you know allowing them to go back and everything. And from what I understand, they're following those. Um but Lindsay, I want to start with you on this one. If you're on a set and your your lead actor becomes incapacitated for a couple weeks, that's a pretty big wrench in the production as a whole. So I'm curious as to your thoughts on how this is going to affect not only the Batman, but other productions where this is bound to happen. People are going to catch COVID on set if we go back to work. So what do you think of this and, and how it's going to affect the Batman and, and sets in general? Oh, absolutely. I've been saying since COVID started, in terms of it affecting the film industry, that we are just sitting here waiting for a very famous person to get it or a mm-hmm. set to break out with large numbers in it, and then it's just going to shut everything down again. Um, but then, yeah, Hanks got it early on, and that that definitely that was around the time that stuff shut down for a bit. But yeah, now we're up and at them, and and yeah, talking about it with my friends, it's the same thing. It's like. I've been on these COVID sets and there's only so much you can do. You know, it's just not possible to, it's a, it's a virus. Like it's, it's around, you can't, it's just impossible. Unless everyone's wearing hazmat suits, it's impossible. And especially with talent, you know, cause while they're on camera, they can't be wearing a mask. The masks are very effective. Everybody who's a mask denier, you idiots. The masks are very <laughs> effective. Um, so it's just, yeah, I, I think it's the, what we were all kind of expecting and thought was going to happen, and it did. And I think especially for big-name talent, it's the confirmation they need to, like, keep saying no to stuff. So was- we'll see. I, I do know that in L.A., um, we're we're up and running. Like, there's yeah. – most productions are, are – work. like, it's 
back in full swing. Almost everyone we know is working um, and has work through like the end of November and you know, seeing I'm seeing way more crews and shoots up and about, you know, while I'm out in the driving around or whatever the case may be. Um, so I don't know. To me, yeah, it should be like a very clear beacon, like blink, blink, blink. Clearly, if if a set that's that big of a deal, you know, that's a big budget, massive deal set with big name talent. And it's in the UK of all places, which have been pretty good, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, with their numbers and how they've been, you know, well, controlling COVID. Compared to us, yes, everywhere is good. <laughs> absolutely. So if they can't handle that, and if someone who's neurotic as Robert Pattinson can, can't keep from getting COVID, then, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say no to work because I need work, but I don't really personally believe we should be up and running again yet yeah i i was just because um like a few a little bit ago i was scrolling through twitter and i saw someone um that i follow was on the set of like superstore and nbc and i'm Mm -hmm. like that and they were wearing masks i was thinking maybe that was like an old picture but they were wearing masks and stuff and i figured stuff like that like your sitcoms that stuff that shot on on like um sets and everything like that i figured that would be the stuff that holds off because it's all enclosed like those those warehouses that everything shot in just seems so stuffy to begin with yeah so it's like i i feel like there's gonna be no circulation like even if you wear a mask it's you're gonna get it if you have it off i feel like if it's in there um but like i don't know it, it it's i agree with you i don't think they should be filming um but hopefully they find a way to do it safe um and i personally you know selfishly i'm excited to see some of my shows come back right. <laughs> like this is us and stuff like that but it's mm-hmm. like that's that's really dangerous with the way they have it all set up in there. Man, I'm telling you, everyone on set just wear a green hazmat suit and we just <laughs> CGI your bodies. <laughs> yeah, why don't everyone should just wear a, a, a green like a green suit yeah. and they can green screen stuff on? <laughs> Come on, oh or we could do green masks. Everyone could wear Ooh. green masks and then they could do they could CGI Henry Cavill's chin onto everything. I like that <laughs> mustache or no mustache. Yeah, no mustache for me. Uh, I'll take my face sans mustache, please. This is so I we've talked a little bit about this. Um, I'm right now I'm rehearsing for a play that's going to happen. And we have these interesting little masks that we just got where it's I don't think it's designed to be like full coverage. So it's certainly not as safe, I think, as the mask that we should be wearing. But it's kind of got it's kind of a face shield type thing. But instead of coming down from your forehead, it sits kind of on your chin and goes up and uh, and it's clear so you can see the face of who it is. So on stage, that's how people will still be able to see my face and what I'm doing. I don't think that really translates to film, um, but, you know, it seems like those precautions are going to need to be taken if we are going to be going back because it's I don't think the other thing, too. I think what's the main important thing, as Lindsay touched on, is the stars aren't going to come back to set if they don't think it's safe, and the unions aren't going to let their people go back if they don't think it's safe. So proving that it's safe to go back is an important thing. This obviously throws a wrench into that. Um, Yeah, he was like, I think our paths is going to be the first, and now we're just waiting to see if he was a fluke or not. I don't think he's mm -hmm. a fluke, but we'll also see... How much people are keeping shit under wraps? Because unless we get a big crew outbreak, like a big crew outbreak where someone speaks out to the press, my friend, I didn't read it, but he sent me an article earlier saying that Disney World is hiding their COVID numbers. They're getting, they're under attack right now for hiding how many COVID outbreaks they're getting because their freaking parks are open. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think 
he's the first and now we just have to see if it's if it's going to be yeah continue to be an issue and then we'll get shut back down i will say that i'm working on bear girls right now and we're having a hard time finding talent and that's mm-hmm. to go be out in the middle of nowhere you know with bear and a few camera people so man yeah i know one not a good funny news week th- for disney <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I know one funny thing is I saw it on Twitter and I don't know. It was one of the, like the daily soaps or something. And it was a uh, it was supposed to be like a kissing scene. And no lie, <laughs> they inserted a mannequin and like just zoomed in really close. <laughs> so you oh couldn't try God. to tell. But yeah, one person's literally making out with like, a mannequin. You can see like it's clearly a wig and it, it shot horribly. Oh but they're just trying to produce content right now. Do something. Yeah. Buy a sex doll. Those things look real enough, right? It's not a budget. Mine does. Sounds like, yes, Seth, I was going to say. It sounds like a... Touche. Do you know from personal experience? Oh, wow. That's good. Jared, what do you do on set? You're still producing content. How do you stay safe? Um, well, the, uh, the hazmat suit, um, I, I actually, I have a white one here, so I wear that in front of the green screen, and I take the green screen out to change that white, so then it blends it with me, and then I have to take my body out and put clothes on. Like, it's a whole process, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess what's important is that people know J-Buck Studios is taking every precaution. Yeah, we might, we might be the safest set here in, um, Iowa basements. Yeah, like when... (laughs) When we did shot ones, we we reused our shot glasses. Yes. So when you yep. watch that, whenever that comes out, like 2023, something like that. Probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> we had to push uh, the, the production budget and timeline on that had to get pushed back because of COVID uh, restrictions. <laughs> yeah. It was a good safe shoot, but uh, yeah, it, it's understandable that it's going to be delayed. Uh, I think the moral of the story here, folks, so far is that any movie you were previously giving to Disney, you should now give to J-Buck Studios instead. So $6 a month, go support the Patreon. And if you want to watch Mulan uh, for $30, maybe Jared will do a watch along. I, I will I will, re, I will make my own version of Mulan if you guys jump over there. <laughs> I will literally do it with like paper and fake background. Like I think that that'd be really fun. Do like a, I'll do like a short film of Mulan. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. I know a lot of the SoCo listeners would pay 30 bucks to, to see that too. So I think it's got the green light and, uh, and I look forward to being offered a part. And uh, yeah, we'll go from here on it. Before I completely leave the news section, there's a couple of things that we'll need to cover a little bit more quickly, but I wanted to make sure we touched on. A um, couple of these things first. I know that you, you touched on last night on J-Buck Live, Jared. The first thing, I just want everyone's... Um, reactions or levels of excitement however it is you want to put it where are you at right now for dune we saw a new trailer come out we've seen new uh new footage and stills jared you first where are you at for dune are you excited i am uh yeah i'm very excited i mean the thing is i haven't a damn clue what this thing's about it's about Ooh, the spice we gotta get the spice and giant earthworms <laughs> in the sand that's about it oh plus timothy shamalama ding dongs in it <laughs> love of my life um i would say i'm i'm intrigued i'm not pumped by any means but i'm intrigued um and again yeah like like jared shed jared shed jared Jared Jared. said um i'm i'm i anything that timothy shamalama ding dong does um i'm gonna watch it so (laughs) lindsey i suspect i suspect that might be the same for you big chalamet fan Yes, I'm a big Chalamet fan. I just, and honestly, not because a typical female reason. I mean, I think he's a cutie patootie, but um, <laughs> I, yeah, I like him as an actor. I do. I really like. He's uh, a great actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. Um, 
I I didn't see the trailer. I'm the one who sent to you guys that it was coming out tomorrow, and I just did it didn't happen. And then <laughs> I was running home from work to get on this call, so I haven't seen the trailer. But yeah, I'm excited just because um, Zendaya and him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. dark kind of sci-fi big budget action movie sign me up. I know I know people that were a fan of the original. Right? There's an original besides the book, isn't there? Also an original film. Yeah, I think <laughs> there's a David Lynch version from 1984 or something. Um, yeah, I heard so that like, one's really you know, strange though. Right, but yeah, I know like older, like older people. Really, they don't like it. I thought I heard that people did like it, and therefore they were excited to see it done again. But. I, I'm uh, sure there's some of that, but I think in general, it was not well-received. Okay, one. so maybe it's just the book. But regardless, I just, and I had wanted to read the book. I was maybe going to read the book um, because there's so much hype around this coming out. But um, I just know that the talent was super stoked to be a part of it, mm-hmm. so that makes me excited. You know, if they're, like, really, really looking forward to filming something, there's usually a good reason. Yeah. So this is this is Denny Villeneuve, right? Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. And he, he so he of course he did Arrival. Uh-huh. Um but he also did Blade Runner, right? Yes. Yes. And that that movie I do not like. Um and I'm afraid I'm I'm cuz I'm not a huge sci-fi fan. I'm a moderate fan. But this is very sci-fi. I'm really afraid of this being slow like t- 2049 and being as long as that movie cuz I guarantee it'll be at least 3 hours. Oh yeah. Um I I'm I'm very nervous about that Hmm. Um, because I like, I mean, I love Arrival and it's a slower movie, but 2049 was like, like I got my finger stuck in fucking cement and I'm trying to pull it out slowly. Like it's, it's just like, Hmm. it's, it's so slow and so boring. And I, I hope that's not what Dune does. Did the trailer seem like that Seth? Cause I haven't seen the trailer yet. Um, it just seems like there's going to be a lot. And it's a very, it's going to be a huge world, I think, just from the jump. And I'm afraid of a lot of the exposition, because a lot of people say that the book, like, a lot of people say there's not a good way to adapt Dune right. Like, Mm. no matter what medium, I've heard people say that in the past. A lot of people have have hope for him because he's an amazing director and there's tons of talent in it. Um, So, I mean, fingers crossed, but... It just seems like there's going to be a lot going on here, and I'm afraid of it being very slow, very exposition-heavy, which will just draw people out and will draw me out for sure. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the exposition thing because that's exactly the first thing that popped into my mind after watching it. Sure, it's spectacle. It looks awesome. Like, Denny Villeneuve, he does he makes movies that are beautiful to watch. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm like, if it's going to take an hour out of three hours just to set up and explain everything, I'm going to be like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Huh? I think you guys have me. I, I think if you joined up everything you guys just said, that's where I'm at. I, I think the talent is what's getting me to Dune. Um, I own the book on audio, but I haven't. I got the book when I found out the movie was getting made, and I don't know whether or not I want to listen to the book first. I haven't been able to decide. Now we're hearing there's some rumors that they might push it back again, and so if that happens, maybe I'll do the book to um, to tide myself over, but. The talent that's involved is getting me there. I do. I'm with you, Seth. I hope it's more like a rival than it is like 2049. Um, but because, but also, don't forget, Denis Villeneuve also did Sicario, so he can do action yeah, and he can do that's tension. True. So that's true. Uh, I think if if he's leveraging some of that, I have higher hopes. I'm I'm less. I'm more hopeful than I am afraid. But I do hope it's not anything like 2049 because I hated that too. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see when it comes out. We'll see how it ends up being. And Lindsay and I both need to watch that trailer. Um, yeah. I've just been coasting on my general excitement about the cast so far. So 
we'll have to check that one out. Um, another quickie item here, uh, and Jared, I know you shared this yesterday on your show as well, but uh, I want to get everyone's thoughts on Tom Cruise. Uh, we, we saw a clip. We saw a clip of this crazy son of a bitch riding a motorcycle. He goes off a huge evil Knievel ramp into a fucking canyon and then uh, parachutes off of this motorcycle. Um, Is this sick awesome or is this too far and Tom Cruise is getting ready to kill himself? Jared, you first. He's killing himself, but keep going, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Seth, where are you at? Yeah, I mean, if it's going to make uh, Mission Impossible more exciting, then go for it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, are you on board for this continued elevation of the craziness for Cruz here? <sighs> I don't know. It gives me <laughs> such anxiety. I mean, Tom Cruise, like, projectiling himself off of a massive <laughs> ramp to his own death, it would be something that would happen in 2020. So... I mean, that man's got, like, we've watched oh him get hurt before. They, he freaking broke his ankle in the last Mission Impossible. And they put it in the movie. And they put it in the movie. <laughs> he, like, stands back up and limps off screen, and everybody's can like, wow. You, that man's a good can actor. Can you imagine, though, he actually, like, like, he let's say he died from that, and they still, like, they say we have enough for a movie, and they just release him going off the fucking cliff and dying <laughs> and then with, with the same song that was used in uh, Fast 7. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be it's like a, a long day. <laughs> because oh. that's definitely like that's definitely like um like the big big point like big action point in the movie. So it's probably only like fifty minutes. Like they only have fifty minutes of a movie, and it just ends there. With the credits. There's no resolution to the story. It's just Tom Cruise dies. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest, knowing how like dedicated and committed he is to every project that he gets on if he has some contract that says you will release this if i die like i'm dead Mm -hmm. ass serious that seems like i guarantee yeah he probably has one he does i I, yeah i bet yeah um you guys should listen to if you haven't um jake johnson on armchair expert um or i listened to him on um oh what is his freaking name Oh, he was, he dated Drew Barrymore. What is his name? Justin Long. Justin Long's um, podcast on, on both of them. He talks about working on the mummy with Tom and it's the craziest fucking stories. Like he just has the craziest stories about that man and the stunt work world that they do, which is basically just like he, okay, sorry. I'll just tell you really quick. Cause it's so interesting. But Tom, Tom just like, is such this presence that everybody, everybody idolizes and looks up to that he kind of just like jokingly belittles you into doing whatever the hell he wants. Like he'll be like, Jake, Jake, you really, you really need a harness for this man. Like I'm going to do it. Come on, let's do it. And Jake's like, I mean, I guess I don't need a harness. (laughs) It's basically what Jake Johnson said, how he talked him into doing the whole movie. Cause he turned it down and they were like, if you're going to turn it down, Tom insists you fly to London to turn it down in person, oh, and, which wow. he did. Holy and shit. then when he got there, Tom oh, was man. like, you know, so why don't you want to do this movie, Jake? Like, I really want you to do this movie. <laughs> Here, let's go to this private Island where I, where I don't hunt you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think yeah. a lot of things are happening here. One, uh, I think Tom Cruise has probably already been killed and we've got <laughs> copies of Tom Cruise and I'm for it. Uh, I think I think if we just have a, a, a clone army of Tom Cruise's making Mission Impossibles, I'm cool with that. Uh, the other thing, I mean, you guys, 
Thank God he talked Jake Johnson back into the mummy. Can I know. you imagine that movie without <laughs> That movie wouldn't have oh, been the wow. same, that's for sure. It ju- oh my gosh. Shouts out to Tom Cruise for making sure that happened. Man. Tom Cruise is an interesting one because apparently he like really wanted Jake. Like he had that's what all the agents why he had to fly there. The agents were like, Tom's decided on you. Like you've been decided upon. You have been <laughs> It's not really up to you. Chosen. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Cody's had like multiple dreams where Tom Cruise goes, You're the chosen one. <laughs> yeah, anyone who doesn't want to be chosen by Tom Cruise, just send the invitation my way. I'll take it. Uh, I don't even care if we get mixed up into some weird Scientology stuff. Uh, I'm I'm cool with that part. Whatever we got to do, uh, I just want to be in the next Mission Impossible. So whatever we got to do to make that happen, I'm, I'm fine like, with. Tom's like, you're the chosen one. I've chosen you to be the power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I would be. I I tell you this. I would be the best fucking power bottom. In the world. <laughs> if Tom Cruise asked me to power bottom, I'm the best at it. That's what I said. <laughs> Uh, wow. I guess Power Bottom's going to make its way into the title now. So <laughs> You're welcome. We'll get a whole new audience on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I, I, we're, we're behind a little bit on some time, but we can make it up um, because I, I don't want to skip over this last story before we start moving into some reviews here. Um, so this is, this is just kind of breaking uh, today, or at least this week, um, the Oscars. And... They are going to be implementing some new standards and some new rules uh, related to diversity. We've been talking about diversity in the Oscars uh, a lot on this show, uh, and, and including recently. And uh, here, here's what's come out. I'll, I'll lay out for you guys a little a baseline for what's happening, and then I just want to get your reactions to this. Lindsay, I'm especially interested in your, your reaction to this. Um, you got, Guys, I don't really fucking care what you think. But, um, <laughs> So here's, here's the rule. The rule is only going to pertain to movies that are nominated for Best Picture. So it's not every movie. But if you want to be Best Picture nominated, you essentially need to meet diversity uh, standards that they have set. And uh, here's how it breaks down. There's four groups that they're referring to. Group A is going to be the on-screen characters. Group B is the creative and production team, so the behind-the-scenes people. Uh, group C is let's see um it has to do with uh internship and apprenticeship opportunities so like is this film teaching anybody how to be in film uh that's group c and then group d is called audience development this has to do with how uh how the movie's marketed who it's marketed to and then also it has to do with who are the senior level executives that put this movie out and are they coming from a diverse group of people so what the requirement is, is in any two of those four groups, you need to meet a minimum diversity standard, uh, which it changes from group to group, but it has to do with have X percent of characters on screen be non-white or be of a, uh, of a minority group. Um, not even necessarily non-white. I think LGBTQ uh, uh, folds into this as well. I'm not certain of that, but I think. And then... Um, and there's several different kind of ways you can meet that requirement. And then it, it, through each of those groups, there's here's how you meet, here's how you check that box. So what we're going to have is if you want to be nominated for Best Picture, you have to check any two of those four boxes. This isn't going to be in effect until 2024. So anything in production right now is not going to be affected. Um, but Lindsay, let's start with you. Is this, 
a step in the right direction for the Oscars? Or do you think this is well-intended, but ultimately the wrong way to go about this? What do you think of this, these rules? No, I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, I think it's the right way to go about it, especially when it comes to hiring uh, talent and crew. Yeah, I think um, I think there's definitely a lot of producers that are going to bitch, and I'm excited for that to happen. <laughs> um, no, I think I think it's definitely the right way to go about it. I also I would have to check fact my check check oh my god check my facts on this, but I believe you're wrong. I think it was 2022 2023 are the first years they're doing um, it. So I'm not sure. I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at Vox and they're saying 2024. Okay. Um, but it, like I said, this is developing over the course of today so far. So it's possible that, it, that the date changes. Right. Um, no, I think, I mean, that's the way I, there's a lot of things I'd like to see differ when it comes to stuff like that. But I think this is definitely a great first step, making sure that, like you said, there's things that I saw that are like, you need to have a supporting and a lead that are you know from a minority group i think all that's great that's all those are all things that should definitely be happening and and the the whole thing is and without without trying to stereotype people too much i think the issue that people have initially when they hear this is like oh but i have this script and it doesn't have a uh a person of color storyline or it doesn't have a gay storyline. And what we talked about when we were talking about Schitt's Creek last week or however many weeks ago (laughs) is that you don't need, like, just because you have a black character on screen doesn't mean that he needs a whole black storyline, if you will, if that makes sense. You know, like it doesn't, his storyline doesn't have to have anything to do with his race um, or not, not saying we should whitewash him and ignore any of that, but I'm just saying People, if they're having issues at the, with this, I think they're looking at it the wrong way. We're not asking you to write in an Indian storyline or a gay storyline or a black storyline. We're just asking you to cast somebody in a role of uh, where they can be a, a minority or a person of color. And a lot of the ways that that's another thing that's stepping stone in that direction now is I know a lot of scripts are being put out with casting calls um, that are um, roles that don't have a gender assigned to them or don't have a mm-hmm. race or profile uh, physical description assigned to them for casting, um, which is great. So I think I'm really proud um, of the Oscars for doing that. I think it, it, it's overdue, but I'm, I'm glad to see it happening. And I think it, it's a good first step. There's a lot more things that I'd like to see happen, but I, I don't have any issues with this. I'm very happy about it. Mm-hmm. I tend to agree with you. I think, you know, time only time is going to tell what effect this has and whether it was positive or negative. But what this tells me is that the Oscars are serious about mm-hmm. fixing this problem that they have. Hollywood uh, is going to have to come along because mm-hmm. they, they still want their Oscars. And, you know, for better or worse, this is an attempt. And yeah. is, is, it, is it 100% the correct answer? I don't know. We're going to see. And there's a lot of reasons people have already started presenting as to why it may not be. Um, will it be as effective as we think? Will it, will people just do what they need to do to check the box and we're still going to have white ass movies? I don't know, but when it comes to the Oscars, I give them a thumbs up for making an effort here. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you guys think, Jared? What are your thoughts on this? Is this a step in the right direction here? Or do you think this is maybe the wrong attempt at fixing the, the problem that they have? So last night, I think that that's, this is when this broke and I know I didn't 
tweet out or say anything because I honestly fully did not understand the rulings and kind of the ins and outs of it. But I know that, uh, yeah, a lot of people I follow are, um, I would say, allegedly racist as hell because they were very (laughs) against this. Um, Hmm. And I understand a little bit, you know, art is art, but I think that this brings a huge new opportunity of voices, of stories on screen. Like, that's the one thing. I love going to movies because it's an escape. It's it's a, a time for me to live a life that's not mine and see things from a different perspective or point of view. And I hope I hope that these new rules kind of open up that opportunity to get more of those stories and whatnot. But also, it's not like they're doing this strict thing like where you have to have this, 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 this. You have two out of four, and there's a lot of different ways of fulfilling those requirements. So I think that this is a great opportunity. Um, Sure, it might tilt a little bit of art in someone's mind or the vision that they initially had, but this is, again, only for best picture. It's not like this is all for every single Oscar where it's like, oh, well, the lead... I, you only won be, the lead because you know we had to fill in these slots with these people. Like this is this is for best picture. So if everyone is up in arms, you have a handful of other movies that you can go watch. I guess. Seth, what do you think? And I'll, yeah, I mean, I think everyone everyone's covered it pretty well. Uh, I definitely agree with everything uh, everyone says. To to Jared's point, um, saying about like art is art, right? Um, like that's the people, other people's arguments. That's a dumb argument. Because I agree. Because how many times do you see, do you see like people, people, you're you're basically saying like, I want to see the same people over and over again, right? How many times do you see, like it's happening now with Christopher Nolan. People don't like one of his movies and they're like, he's trash. He's trash. You know? So like you get tired of the people you love anyway. If you get new people in there, it's just going to challenge the, the people that are already in there to make better shit so you're not complaining all the time you dumb idiots <laughs> all you do is compl- all the people on fucking twitter and all that shit all the only thing they do is complain that's all they, they do they need a that's hobby their only that's the only reason they breathe currently is to complain and and cry and bitch and moan it sounds so, like a variation of the same argument that people who are like well if we like black people are going to take our jobs and immigrants are going to take our jobs if we like champion them and it's like um <laughs> shut the fuck up there's enough to go around and i'm sorry your white ass privileged boy ass can't roll out of bed and go work for daddy as a, as a CEO, <laughs> my anymore. father like, is gonna hear about this. Like, sorry, you had to fucking try. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, uh, I mean, com- competition just breeds better stuff. Better yeah. it breeds innovation. It, bre- it breeds just better content in general. Stuff is made better, no matter what sector you're in. Movies, manufacturing, whatever. Competition makes stuff better. Absolutely. And o- only including new voices, new people, new stuff. I mean, you don't know who they can make it a completely different type of film, and you know someone else who hasn't had the opportunity before. You just don't know. So people mm-hmm. just not want. Really, it's just. I think the main reason, that especially people in the Oscars, complain is probably be because they know that other people can do it better, and having less people in there means that their stuff can pass standards or pass. Yeah. Maybe they can fool people into thinking that they're great when there's so much better stuff out there probably being made by someone on a phone that's mm-hmm. on YouTube right now on there's a green screen in their basement. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. In a hazmat there, suit. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's yeah. probably a, a thousand other better short films <laughs> on YouTube Bucking right on. now than <laughs> better than what one best picture. Well, it day. is so funny. Like, Seth, you also bring up an, a point. It's like, if you look at the last like 10 years of Oscars, it's like, 
the the same people, same directors, everyone uh-huh. over and over and over here uh, again are being um, nominated. Sure, they are very good, but it's like, what if you give a nobody a chance? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they just don't have the resources, but they could have way better. Uh, the talent could uh, exceed what you know we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. That's what everyone's worry is. I will say that art is art. People can shut the fuck up. Like we, mm-hmm. I know you guys aren't in it as much as I am, but we, there's a lot of pretentious artists, if you will even call them that in this industry. Yeah. Who my vision, my artistic vision is that Stephanie was going to wear a pink sweater. Okay. Well, your artistic like vision can shut the fuck up. She's going to wear an orange. No, sweater. we're making Stephanie <laughs> an alligator now. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh my, my movie. God. God, I don't even want to unpack what that means. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's that is the dumbest fucking argument I've ever heard. And if you're making that argument, you should just get out in general because whew, I cannot even with that. Um, can I ask you, Cody and and Jared and Seth, if you know too? But I know you two were saying that you know some of the backlash. I I hadn't even heard that there was any. Could you give me a little rundown? So some of it has to do with oh. If you give them the requirements, the stu- the big studios who are already making the best pictures are just going to fill those in the easiest way possible and mm-hmm. still have white ass movies, and it's not going to fix the problem. So that's one of them. I think only mm-hmm. time is going to tell uh, on that issue. And then there's a lot of what we've already talked about. Um, yeah, because the... it's like if you don't try at all, then nothing's going to change. So you got to at least try it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah. And the other I, thing is just, it's that it's that typical, like you, you were talking about, Lindsay, it's that typical, I don't want a minority taking my job thing. But also, it, for anyone who's concerned about like the, um, uh, what do I want to say, the requirements like limiting the best picture, or, or limiting art in general, this is only the best picture we're talking about. You can mm-hmm. make whatever type of movie you want, you're just not going to fucking win best picture. So if you don't want to win best picture, go do that. And I think that's what's great about this, is it's creating a space where it's saying, if you're not inclusive, don't come here. Yeah. Go do your thing somewhere else, and this isn't a space for you anymore. And that, I think, is my response to all of the backlash that it's getting. But like The Irishman, uh, this article specifically references The Irishman, that would qualify under these standards. So even though that's a movie full of white people Mm. uh, and it's directed by Scorsese, it still fits because of uh, the other people who were involved. So whether that's a pro or a con for you, I don't know. But it's it's basically that it's the backlash is will this actually fix the problem? And then the opposite side of it is, oh, no, my art. Mm -hmm. Those are the main those are the main two things. I'm I'm glad you brought up the whole Irishman situation, because I know a lot of people again, I I purposely was stepping away from it. And I was just like sitting there eating popcorn to see who uh, was grossly misinformed, because a lot of people were throwing out uh, literally like the last 10 years of Best Picture nominees and said, none of these would be nominated. And I'm like, did you read any of the rules and dive into the cast and all of the stuff? Like, that's the thing is a lot of these would still be qualified. Um, We would just get more potentially in that, um, you know, fighting for that Best Picture and whatnot. But the biggest argument, um, I think, Cody, you mentioned it first was the... uh, oh, it's not going to fix anything. But then there was a lot of other people that were like making the argument of, oh, well, if you make the requirement that you have to bring in a colored person, then what if they're not the best for the... It was this skewed logic of a close-minded people or group of saying, well, a color, like, you know, uh, 
someone of a minority or whatnot, what if they're not the best person, but you have to bring them in because you have to fill mm-hmm. that requirement? Um, okay, hold on. What the fuck are they talking about? We audition every yeah. single actor. You you read resumes and you take you know good people's words on on crew members and how good they are at their job. What we're just not we're not like walking down the street. Hey, black man, cool. You want to come be in this movie? <laughs> see, see Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. A lot of people. Especially on that dirty, gross website of Twitter, are very uneducated. Yeah, they're just yeah. shooting fucking whatever they want. At the, yeah, but the basically screen. that was the that was the biggest argument I saw last night was just people yelling at each other because they didn't under they they couldn't see things from a different perspective. Essentially, yeah, mm-hmm. that's well that and like I've heard that in in business too. I'm in yeah. a corporate mm-hmm. environment where we're talking a lot about hiring, and if you think that. I think that argument, and I'm not saying this is your argument, Jared, but I'm going to tag it as the thing you just said. If that is the way you see things, then you're a white supremacist. Because yeah. what you're saying is, what you're saying is that any there's not a black person that's as good as yes. any white person in this world. There role. couldn't possibly as, be a black person that could do as good a job, is what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. as we're all as we've all said in one way, shape, or form. Uh, there are probably thousands of black actors on YouTube right now that are better than Chris Pratt at acting. Mm-hmm. And now we might find a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And I think if, 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 if that's the only result that we have, then this is a win. You know, it, it's just a matter of getting, you know, we talk a lot about representation and this is going to force that in a way. And it's a small way. Is it enough? I don't know. We'll see. Is it a step in the right direction? I think we all agree, yes. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it affects things. And who knows, this rule may evolve over time and continue to change, but um, good on you, Oscars. You get a thumbs up from the SoCo Show this week for trying to do your part. You get a cookie and a star. One more thing to spiral on that. Um, just a really cool thing that's happening right now. Have you guys heard of the movie called One Night in Miami? No, I haven't. Mm-mm. Oh my God, you guys. So there's this movie called One Night in Miami. <laughs> and it's really cool. It's this uh, based on this true story of right after um, Cassius Clay won his fight, the big famous fight against um, Sonny. No, he is Sonny Liston against. I'm sorry. I don't know who it was. No, he's, he's not. He's not. He's not. Okay. Then Cassius it was, Clay so. and Sonny Liston. Yeah, that's okay. Fight. Sorry. I was getting that. So that one. Yes. Yeah. So right after he won that fight, um, he wasn't supposed to win. So there was no like big celebration planned or anything like that. And he and his close friends, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown got together in a motel room just over some drinks. And it's about the conversation that occurred in that moment. (laughs) It's like this. Holy shit. Yes. It's so fucking dope. So it's Regina King's, if I'm not mistaken, directorial debut. It just debuted at... um, Fuck, what did it... It's getting all this, these whispers out of... Is it Tiff? I don't know. No, I don't know. Here, I'll have to look that up. Tiff, I think, is another couple months. Huh? Okay, so that's not Cliff. Or Tiff, I'm sorry. I think it might be um, Venice (laughs) or Cannes. Cleveland International Film Festival. Might be. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Might be uh, Venice or Cannes, but um, the the talent, besides it being Regina King, um, Leslie Odom Jr. is playing Sam Cooke, co. God. Um, And then Aldous Hodge is Jim Brown. Kingsley Benadir is Malcolm X, who I know from... um, from Zoe Kravitz's um, oh, high fidelity, high fidelity, <laughs> high, He's fidelity. In high fidelity, yeah. um, and then 
Eli Gorey, who I, I'm not familiar with. He's Cassius Clay. But um, so killer cast, Regina King is the director, and she's getting whispers for being the first female black director oh, nominated for man. the Oscars. And I hope the movie is incredible, and I, I want her to win so fucking bad. And oh, I just think... That sounds awesome. I know, right? I think just putting... Uh, I don't know. Like, if anyone who wants to be like, oh, black people, like, fucking show them this movie <laughs> and be like, look what she did, you can all shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, I'm real excited about that one. And uh, that sounds dope. Yeah. I'm so glad this really... is how I'm finding that, finding out about this movie because, for one thing, this sounds like the blackest movie ever fucking made. <laughs> and, and I know that that's going to offend Spike Lee, who thinks that his movies are the blackest movies ever made. <laughs> There's room for all, is, Spike. Isn't that what we're just fucking talking about? Yeah, it, yeah Spike will have to settle down because uh, he only, only comes out with one every couple of years. But if that, I think, at, at, I think now, I think that movie can't come out soon enough. Because I yeah. think there's a lot of people either who want to see themselves on screen or want to hear stories about these people or people who want to be like allies and support black art. And that this could be a way for them to come out in droves. This could be a huge fucking hit in addition to being critically good. I know. And it sounds to me like a huge opportunity for a lot of folks. This sounds amazing. I can't wait I to know. hear more about it. I'm going I'm I'm so to Google stuck. it as soon as we're done here. Yes, Venice. Yep. That's where it made big moves. Venice. And um, Leslie Odom Jr. talks about it a little bit. He just did Armchair Experts, so he talks about it a little bit on that, if you wanted to hear. Oh, shit. Yeah, I gotta have that. I gotta have as much Leslie Odom as I can get. That's my dude. Always. The, yeah, the only thing that would have made me more excited for that movie is um, if you'd said that Kelvin Harrison yep. Jr. was in it. Because that dude yeah. needs... <laughs> he's so good, and he, he's gotta win an Oscar at some Who point. is this? Oh, he... Kelvin Harrison Jr.? Um, he's in Loose, which is probably his best thing. Um, Waves. Waves is another awesome one. Oh, he was I didn't recently. See Waves. I, is he in? Is he in the photograph? I think he no, is for a no. small bit, isn't he? It, uh, I thought he was the flashback. Or am I getting him confused? You're get, with that's someone? a different movie. There's no. Oh wait, there is flashback. Oh him? No, I don't think this guy looks too spindly. The guy in. No, you're right, Andy. It's, yeah, he's in it. Andy Morrison. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. And he's in the high note, which um, I like that movie a lot too. He's good in that. Um, he's he's awesome. He's he's one, like he's a guy that's kind of like Timothy Shamalama Ding Dong. Uh, <laughs> anything that he's in, I'm going to see immediately. And I think he deserves. I think he should have won an Oscar for the two last things he did, um, mm-hmm. or that I mentioned, Loose and Waves. He should have won Oscars for those. He was he's so good. Dude's good, and we're seeing more and more of this all the time. Like, you know. This movie, like this One Night in Miami, not only is it about four black dudes, but by a female director, there's no chance in hell that gets made 10 years ago even. Mm-hmm. So the progress is being made and we're seeing it. And that is heartening, um, certainly at a time like now where people need something to, you know, be excited for. So um, I'm all for like, this. I'm rooting yes, for this. And with all this visibility and, and with more awareness that we need to be giving um, more POC and minorities opportunities, we're seeing phenomenal black talent emerge. I would watch mm-hmm. Sterling K. Brown read me his grocery list. Like, straight yeah. up, that man can it's move like- me with nothing. His his performance in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I'm not joking, <laughs> is so good. It's so yeah. good. So anyway, we, yeah, I think, uh, I would, I think we're heading in the right direction. I think we're heading in the right direction. And even if it is to placate people a little bit and even if what the oscars are doing isn't everything they could be doing it's a step forward and let's just keep moving forward we can only move forward 
Boom. So yeah, um, quick thing. It looks like it's coming from Amazon Studios, I believe, and they Ooh, just released a, a prime, teaser then. or first look clip a day ago. For One Night in Fuck. Miami? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, we'll recap well, that on the that next one. Life. Yeah. Yeah. It'll <laughs> be on Prime. Oh, shit. We so got to keep an eye out for that one. So let's let's move on here. Um, but God, I love all this. I'm so glad that this week lined up with having all of us here because I love all of the shit that we've just talked about. We're going to get into some reviews. We're going to be really quick on our reviews this week, though. Um, I want to mention each of these things, but it's going to be snap bang because we got to get to tenant and I don't want to take it too much extra time. So um, let's quickly jump from movies where we've just uh, just been talking and we're going to quickly go to the TV corner for one quickie. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, Jared, hate to put the rush on you, but uh, what do you think of this new Netflix series that you checked out? Yeah, this it's good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> um, so this is called The Duchess, and it's coming out this Friday. It's uh, coming from uh, Catherine Ryan, comedian. She is the creator and writer of it. Um, I don't know if you, any of you guys are familiar with her work, but I uh, found her a couple years ago, really enjoyed her stand-up. Anyways, this is a quick kind of uh, six episodes, kind of a faux look at her life when she lived over in England um, with her daughter and uh, her split from husband, uh, the the dad of the daughter at the time, and it's very much played into a comedy light. I would say that it's almost in the vein of Master of None, like where that's kind of taking elements of his life, but also painted in a you know fictional world. So I think that the same thing is here. Um, I had a good time with it. It was very funny at times. Her humor is very kind of blunt and uh, um, crass. I don't, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, yeah. Uh, raunchy. Raunchy. There we go. Perfect. Thank you. Um, because there's, yeah, it's very sexual and, you know, her calling another mom at the school the C word or something just at the beginning of the, the show. Um, it does take a good episode and a half, and it's only six episodes, to kind of set things up, get things moving. So I think that it has a slow start, but once it gets moving, it's a good time. You're laughing. You're having a good time. And again, it's... Uh, it's only six episodes. Each one is only 30 minutes, so it's a quick watch. Um, I, had, I had a few good laughs in it. Um, I wouldn't say that this is going to be one that people should rush out to see. If you're looking for, again, a quick watch, some good laughs. If you're a fan of Catherine Ryan or any kind of her like comedy style, if, if you know, you're into that raunchy kind of, you know, her talking about her hoo-ha or whatnot... Um, <laughs> It might land with you. Um, I'm curious if they'll, you know, maybe go with another season or whatnot. But I had a, I had a fun time with it. Did you ever watch um, Fleabag, Jared? I did not. I'm wondering if this is something that fans of Fleabag might enjoy. Um, British ra- raunchy female lead uh, sounds like some similarities. I've seen some Catherine Ryan stand up, and I do enjoy her. I think she's pretty fucking funny. So uh, if you want to check out The Duchess. It's going to be available this week on Netflix. You can watch that now. All right. Well, that's it this week. A quick version of the TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All righty. From there, we're going to jump right over into our movie reviews. So let's see what was new this week. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, so none of us saw Mulan, as we discussed earlier, but um, there were a couple movies that we saw besides Tenet this last weekend, so let's run through some quickie reviews, 
And Seth, I'll start with you. You saw one, uh, and and you have to be very careful not to give away any plot here, but you saw the latest, uh, I believe it's Charlie Kaufman movie that Jared reviewed a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. What'd you think? Yeah, Charlie Kaufman, uh, it's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, has Jesse Buckley, who was in one of my favorites from a couple years ago, maybe last year, the year before, uh, Wild Rose. She was the lead in that. Uh, she's been in a couple things here and there. Uh, really good actress. I think she's... She's one that I think we'll have more and more uh, coming up in the future. She's really good. Jesse Plemons is also in this. Um, you know, the tall, weird, the uh, orange-haired guy. Uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> and, uh, Kirsten Dunst's yeah, baby daddy. Yeah. <laughs> is that is for real? Married and kids. Yeah, babe. Oh, weird. Wow. They gotta make, That's wild. They're going to make That's kids. So he got Kirsten Dunst, so you can all shut the fuck up. <laughs> he's my... She's my... Um, I, was, I was of the perfect age... Uh, for bring when it on. she was in when she was in bring it on in spider-man she she was yeah. my dream woman for a very long time so i'm now have another reason to be jealous of jesse Plemons. that's me. <laughs> yeah um but they they're they're they play a boyfriend and girlfriend um she wants she wants to end things um and w- with him and so it's kind of got this weird um again i won't spoil a whole lot but it's definitely got like a weird vibe to it i, I definitely like paused and rewound stuff a few times to like kind of see if I missed something or if I wanted to understand something more. Um, there's a lot of like different camera. Like, the camera changes a ton in terms of like just the look of things or it'll change. Like it'll be in the middle of a scene and then cut to something real quick and then come back to it. Um, very like strange movie. Uh, a lot of weird stuff happens. Um, a lot of uh, like you will, you won't flat out will not understand this movie <laughs> when you're done with it. Um, <laughs> So don't try. Um, but because he's the guy, Charlie Kaufman, he did um, Eternal Sunshine, right? And being John Malkovich. And be John, yep. Both of those movies are very similar. Like a lot of like weird camera angles and cuts and just, I don't know. It's 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 definitely just got a weird, strange vibe to it. I felt like I understood those movies more than I understood this one. Um, but I mean, I think Jared, and this, this points me to, after you've seen the movie, definitely watch jared's um ending explained poorly on his youtube channel boom nailed it um (laughs) but uh no i think his explanation um explanations i guess definitely made a lot of sense and and it's also based off a book so there's been a lot of um like diving into it in the past um for people to try to understand the book so um, yeah, it's it's strange. I would recommend watching it. I think just the acting alone, I think, is really good mm-hmm. and fits the world that it's in. So, um, and if you're a fan of those other two movies, I think you'll have a, a decent time with this, even just trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so, I, I I'd recommend checking it out. It's a little long, a couple hours, so you do have to invest a little bit of time to it. But I, I think overall, it's it's at least enjoyable to try and figure out what the hell's going on, and the performances <laughs> are really good. Uh, Seth, I'm curious. Uh, how many times did you either pause it or audibly say, "What the fuck is going on"? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely paused it and rewound it probably okay. a good five to six times. I, I I wasn't really audible during this movie just because I was like <laughs> really concentrating on what was going on. But yeah. So this is I'm thinking of ending things on VOD now. Mm-hmm. You can check this out. Uh, if you're gonna know what you're stepping into, I, I don't know anything else about this movie besides what these guys have said, but I really want to see it. I'm a big Charlie mm-hmm. Kaufman fan, at least of uh, being John Malkovich and Eternal Sunshine. So this is high on my list. Maybe we'll do a little spoiler cast of this at some point later on. Um, but for now, we got to keep rolling here. Uh, Jared, let's go to you. So you caught another yet another Netflix movie uh, that you saw early, and this one's a sequel 
to uh, to one that uh, we had a lot of fun with a couple of years back. Yeah, so this movie actually, I think, comes out today, uh, Thursday, the 10th, September 10th, and it is the sequel or follow-up to the 2017 movie The Babysitter. This one is The Babysitter Killer Queen, and it picks up two years after the first one, and it's literally all the returning cast like everyone is back in this movie which i absolutely appreciated it's coming from mick g and essentially it follows um yeah i just love saying that name and seeing his name on on stuff because he's a he's a weird director um yeah but it essentially follows picks up you know from two years prior where the kid had things in his babysitter happen i don't want to spoil the first one for people but uh he he runs into some more scrambles essentially um and what I can say about this movie is if you liked any bit of the first one, you're getting exactly what you want out of this one and then some. Like, this is perfect. a perfect follow-up sequel. Like, I would recommend people doing a double feature because that's what I did last night. I watched the first one, boom, right into the second one, and it was a hell of a time because I think the first one's an hour and a half. This one's about an hour and 40, so it was a perfect... Uh, double feature like I said but fun ridiculous there's so many references to like other movies that are just casually mentioned or done quickly like you know the Thelma and Louise like hand grab and then they drive off into the sunset or something like there's so many just goofy things and I almost think that this is like a level of like parody of 2020 where like it's a horror Mm. comedy but also a parody because there's a lot of it, it almost takes that 80s vibe and it knows what kind of a slasher that is and it makes fun of it but also it makes it updated to like today's terms of you know oh there's the formula of all how these movies need to go but we're going to do it completely different but we're also going to mention that we're doing it different because times have changed um i loved this movie this again i don't think that it's going to be like a, you know a win any awards or whatnot i mean sh- some of the uh, story is a little cliched or shallow and whatnot, but this is a fun movie. Like, grab a drink too, some recreationals. I don't know, and have a great time <laughs> with this one. <laughs> that's a that's a great review of that. Could be a review of the first movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so to hear that to hear that what's great about the first translates to the second, and that they brought so much of the same people back. I'm very excited about this. Really enjoyed the first one. Very excited to see the second. Probably going to do it in a double feature, as you recommended. Uh, This sounds like a lot of fun. The Babysitter Killer Queen, uh, the sequel to The Babysitter on Netflix. What you got, Lindsay? Can I ask a question? Um, I would like to watch this movie, the first one, even tonight, because I hear it's fun. Cody knows I'm a major chicken shit. Is Is it how scary is it oh no i not at all not gory it, i would say it's more gory but the way that they do it is played into comedy almost okay yeah. so like where not it's a like whole excessive lot of blood potentially okay like not a whole lot of jump scares and actually creepy things no yeah. no nothing like that okay. it's pretty straightforward no. Then great. Yeah. I'm gonna watch the first one tonight because that sounds like fun with a drink and You're maybe some it. recreationals. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> there you go. Recreationals all around. Um, one last review before we jump into Tenet. Seth, this is another one of yours that I've never heard of before. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be real quick on this one. It's uh, called Spinster. It stars Chelsea Peretti, which is really the only reason I, I like watched Chelsea it, um, and it had good reviews. Yeah, um, I, I watched. I, she she's great, um, and it had good reviews. It has like eighty on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, I'll watch it. It's a VOD rental. It's not like the major one. It's six six or seven dollars. St- main story: she uh, she's turning thirty nine. Um, she's in a relationship, and um, 
then that guy breaks up with her. And so now she's almost 40. She has like that biological clock uh, thing going on in her head where she's like, you know, I got to um, got to shack up and have babies. But also, I don't want to do that. I like being being alone. I like um, I, I don't want to do the whole dating thing. It's it's annoying and stupid and blah, blah, blah. So she's kind of like pessimistic on relationships, but also wants one. Um, she also is kind of like at that point where she's um, maybe doesn't want kids, but also has there's a kid in her life that she likes. So she's kind of balancing all this stuff. Um, that's kind of the main story. Obviously, it's it's pretty she cliche in, in those terms of like, you know, this is it, it's almost like a it's kind of romantic, but not, um, you know, it's like that will they won't they type thing going on. So there's like some of those elements going on there. It's a pretty funny movie, though. Um, it's not like laugh out loud slap your knee hilarious but got some funny moments it's chelsea peretti so she's kind of got her humor going on in there but you also do get to see like a more emotional side for her there's some emotional moments in the movie she's a really good actress um in this and um i, I think that she should do more stuff like this she's pretty weird in a lot of the other stuff she does though um she always kind of has like a, a a couple layers on her in terms of like being strange and, and not showing her real self. And I think a couple of those layers are peeled back here and you get to see some, some more like deeper acting with her, which I was surprised to see. But, um, I like this. I, I think it's maybe not one, like if you're a big fan of hers, it's maybe worth a rental. Um, but if it's on like Netflix or something like that in the future, definitely worth checking out. So, um, I think it's got some good emotional moments some funny moments as well and some good acting by Chelsea Peretti. So thumbs up for me. There you have it. Uh, Spinster is the name of this one. And if you're a fan of Chelsea Peretti, you're going to want to check that one out. Uh, Three recommendations in a row there. Uh, I'm thinking of Ending Things, The Babysitter, Killer Queen, and Spinster all getting the thumbs up. And with that, we got to talk a little bit of Tenet. Um, So here's what I want to do. I want to do just, I want to go once around and I want you to give me uh, just very vaguely, very high level. Did you like this? And do you recommend it? And then once we've done that, I want to jump right into spoilers. So, uh, Jared, you go first. I was probably lower than all of you guys. I had a really tough time with the sound mixing and which we could probably talk about recommend seeing it, but be wary that you might not hear certain things. Mm-hmm. Seth, what did you think? I think I had a good time with it. Um, I, I think it. I think that some of those. I, I agree with Jared that the sound was annoying, but I also think some of that was on, done on purpose and came came back around later. Um, anyway, I, I think everyone should see it. Um, mm-hmm. It's Christopher Nolan. If you can go to, the, I mean, ugh, I wish it, if it, I wish it was coming out without the coronavirus stuff. Because if it without the coronavirus stuff, I'd say go see it. If not, I would say if you're worried about that, it's not worth risking your life for. Um, so see it at home. Yeah. I I loved this. Um, I think I'm in the minority there. We'll see when we talk spoilers. Um, I would agree with Seth. I don't think it's a generational must-see, uh, and therefore, if you're concerned about coronavirus, don't go. But I, I would recommend it. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Everything you guys have said already is true, um, but I didn't care. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it anyway. Uh, so it's a wishy-washy recommend, but I liked it a lot. Lindsay, what'd you think? I thought it was raging clusterfuck. I wish it was erased <laughs> from my brain. And um, <laughs> and uh, I really want to know from script to production to edit, like what it looked like and where it all went wrong and who to blame for ruining my Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 
I love that. I love that. So we've got. Some we literally diversity. have every. We literally have every every single range. We have someone who hated it, who didn't like it, who thought it was fine, and then to love. I it. love it. I love it. I, I'm glad this, this is, is happening. Hey, folks! It's the editor popping in once again. This is where our tenant discussion was removed from this episode. So again, if you want to check out the spoiler-filled tenant discussion head over to that second upload, which you'll see in your podcast feed. But now, here you go, right back into the rest of this episode of The SoCo Show. Um, so as we welcome folks back from the spoiler, you probably realize you skipped a lot of time. We had a lot of stuff to talk about uh, when it comes to Tenet, and, and frankly, I don't want to cut much of it. So you're probably really deep into a really long episode right now. Um, but that that's going to wrap up our Tenet talk. So no spoilers from here. Uh, as we, as we kind of wrap up here, but, uh, tenant, you're going to have to see it for yourself. Uh, tell, and tell us what you think. Hit us up on, on Facebook and on Twitter at Soko show pod, uh, and let us know what you guys thought. Were you confused? Were you able to put it all together? Did you, did it matter if you were confused? Um, where were you at on tenant? We'd love to hear y'all's thoughts. So, uh, besides tenant also recommendations for the babysitter killer queen. I'm thinking of ending things and spinster in this week's reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hate it. All right. Well, that is just about going to bring us to the end of our episode. But before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Okay. Uh, my one more thing is going to be just real brief on The Boys uh, from Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime. I, the thing Boys. I want to say about The Boys, because most of what needs to be said about The Boys has been said. But the thing that I wanted to point out was I think this movie is being talked about. Show. Uh, sorry, the show is being talked about in the wrong way because I'm hearing a lot of talk about how vulgar it is and about how um, adult it is. And it seems like that's been like the driving force behind a lot of people talking about it. Like, you got to watch it. It's so gory. Or you got to watch it. They cuss. It's hilarious. <laughs> And that's that's definitely a part of it, <laughs> but I think that comes from a place of realism. And that's what I think The Boys does really well is, and I know other shit has tried this and even maybe done it well and maybe even done it better than The Boys, but this feels like it exists in a world that is possible and, mm-hmm. and that is most similar to our own. And it seems realistic in that regard. And what I think is great about the show is that it doesn't necessarily take the point of view of a superhero and take us through it it more takes the point of view of civilians and shows us those are superheroes here's how we're dealing with them in this world and that i think is what makes the boys like super interesting and it's what i've liked about it but i feel Mm -hmm. like everyone just wants to tell you how gnarly it is and it is Uh but there's so much more than that and that's what i've learned i just finished season one getting ready to start season two and i'm very excited to keep going with it i'm enjoying it a lot but it there's more nuance there than i think you're probably being told so if you're one of those people who's like, oh, if it's just going to be a stupid, gory superhero thing where they're cussing, it's it's more than that. I'm here to tell you it's more than that, and you should give it a shot. Don't shy away from it just because you think that's all it is. That That's mm-hmm. that's all I wanted to say for my one more thing. We've talked plenty about the boys, so. And season two actually is even more of that. I feel like it it goes in, into even more of the world that... Good. And, and like kind of like how superheroes live in it now. So very, um, it's very... Sen- so ready that, for more. That that book series I, that I talked about, the Reckoners, um, that's very similar in the same way, where it focuses on people who don't have powers in a world of 
um, a bunch of superheroes who kind of run things. And the just like in the boys and in this book series, the people who don't have powers are trying to um, get revenge on one of the heroes. So, yeah, it's uh, I agree with what you said. I, I like the boys quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm season season two, you will enjoy. Um, for my one more thing, um, this is a little something something I did this last week, but uh, G4 TV is coming back. Yeah. And they are currently looking for hosts. G4 needs talent. Hashtag G4 needs talent. And yeah, if you put together a two-minute promo video and whatnot of uh, of yourself, who knows? You could uh, become a new host for G4 when it comes back. So I put together a video of uh, just a, you know a reel of some of my stuff, plus a little funny intro and extra outro and whatnot. So uh, fingers crossed, everyone. I could be the next host of G4 TV. Mm-hmm. Yes, you guys. This is so. I watched this video today, and I laughed my ass off because it is so perfectly Jared, and uh, and I think it's, I think it's really really cool uh, what you put together. And and so Seth and I have retweeted this. The Soko Show has retweeted it. I'm gonna link to that tweet of Jared's. All you got to do, guys, just click on that. Go hit a, hit a retweet and hit a like. And show your support of Jared, and we we maybe can get enough attention to get him on TV. I think. At, if you told me, put one of your friends on any show, I think Jared on G4 might be the first place I would start. It seems like, <laughs> that, it seems like a perfect match to me. So I, I, good luck, and, and to, all, to the listeners out there, get go support that. Go If you've never done anything else, go retweet that tweet uh, because oh, it could be very, very cool if you get, I don't, whatever happens next, If you even if you just got an audition or whatever the fuck, it would be very cool yeah, to see yeah, I think, G4's attention. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be crazy. Again, you know, dream dream big, I guess, but please and thank you, people. Man, Jared and, and Olivia Munn hosting Attack of the Show, that'd be pretty great. <laughs> you gonna try to get with her, Jared? I think she's single. I, I'm in it for uh, the creative talent. I'm, I'm not trying to... <laughs> But the, but the right funny there. thing He's is, the, the funny person. thing is, Seth, you you've shown me clips every now we hang out, and I'm like, this is stuff that I like make or think of. Uh-huh. So like, even if I wasn't mm-hmm. a host, just hire me for the creative side. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I agree. That would be so fucking cool. You may as well oh, pitch man. yourself by that. <laughs> if they if you hear a negative hosting result, you may as well be like, cool. But I got mm-hmm. all this creative. I'm dead ass serious. You go for it. Lindsay, what do you got for us this week? Um, I've got a big old fat register to vote, people. Yes. Please, please, please register to vote. We are part of a generation. Most of you listening are millennials that did not turn out last time. Uh, so let's let's you know use this lovely right that a lot of people have fought for and a lot of people in the world don't have um, to make your voices heard about the country you want to live in. Thank you. <laughs> I, I said it to you last time, and I'll say it to you again. Probably the most important and meaningful thing ever said on the SoCo show was that part right there. So um, I, I would agree. Listen to Lindsay. Get registered to vote. You can Google uh, how to register to vote in my state. Uh, I did that about a month ago and found out I, I wasn't yet registered in my home state of Oregon. So I had to go through the process. So uh, y- it may take longer than you're anticipating. So get that done right now. Um, 
great, great, great thumbs up there uh, to you, Lindsay, for your one more thing. Seth, what, what incredibly important and meaningful thing do you have for us? <laughs> well, maybe kind of important, but to, to go off that, um, yeah, you, I mean, you can, you know, try and do absentee ballots and then you get stuff sent to you and, and you know, everything's out there. And then the president sues you for those absentee <laughs> ballots that were sent and then you can't use those. So, you know, that kind of that kind of puts a damper in your, your plans to vote absentee. Um, <laughs> oh, also, you get sued two days after you have a four billion dollar storm come through your <laughs> through your city. Jesus. I've always Anyways. thought it's best. It's the best time to kick someone is actually when they're down. I don't know if you yeah. realize that. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. At least there's some tapes that came out today. That was pretty nice. Um, <laughs> um, but my my one more thing is a couple things. Uh, so I'm I'm assuming this will come out on Thursday, the 10th, right? Um, yep. One great thing: football's back. NFL. Oh yeah. Football comes back Thursday night, but also September 10th is our very own third host. Jared's birthday, so I want to say happy, happy early birthday happy to Jared. Birthday, it's Jared. my birthday. It's oh, oh, my oh. birthday. Oh, mommy. No. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly what I said when I popped out of her. Oh, God. I hope she's listening to this, and I hope that she's as grossed out as I am. This is the sound of, of Jared being born. Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> that is audio from oh, from the delivery yeah. room. I'm glad we were able on, to get that tape. <laughs> that's directly uh, on September 10th oh. of year. Um, that's that's exactly what that's from. So I would have added one one more sound in there, and it would have been the. <laughs> <laughs> God. What did the baby say to his mom? <laughs> Is that Nickelback? Oh God. <laughs> Close, Creed. It's Creed. Oh, Creed. It's I knew. I knew it was one of the two. Oh wow. That is good. Open. You could do that one too. Yes. Um, <sighs> a very very happy birthday to you, JB. We hope you enjoy the day. Do you have any plans? Any celebratory things that you're going to be doing today? Absolutely nothing, and I'm so excited. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! That's the best way to do it. That's the best way to do it. So uh, everyone, give your give your happy birthday shoutouts to Jared. You can find him on Twitter at Jared Buckendall. But if you're looking for a birthday present that's going to mean a lot, uh, follow the link in the description box to his tweet. And get him on G4, and then also head over to the YouTubes and uh, subscribe to him there. I, I know that uh, he'd rather have your, your subscriptions uh, than anything else. So uh, if you want to wish JB a happy birthday, go make sure you're subscribed and uh, keep pushing out that shit um, so that G4 sees it. Um, Jared, as we... Actually, before I get into that, uh, we got to wrap up one more thing. So big happy birthday to Jared. Get your ass out there. Register to vote. Watch the boys, but not for the reason everyone's telling you. Jared's one more thing was fucking G4. what? What was your one more thing? <laughs> G4. Oh, that, that was all the same thing. Which you just Boom. said two seconds ago. Yeah, so that's it. Anyway, all that and one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. That's going to bring us to the end of episode 160 of the SoCo Show. It's going to be a supersized episode. I don't know how long it was, but you've apparently listened to the whole thing, so we appreciate you for that. And... um 
I don't know, go find something else to do. You've been listening to us for too long. Um, big shouts out though to all of our sponsors. You can link to them in the description box. You can also link there to become an anchor wanker. Head over to the wanker. anchor page, become a contributor, choose the amount monthly that's right for you. And uh, we're going to read your name a week from now on September 17th at the live show on YouTube. At Jared Buckendall. Get there, get to the show. You're going to see us live. You're going to get to chat with us live. And we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to start doing those monthly, but this first one you are not going to want to miss. We've got a lot of surprises in store for you and just a ton of really fun stuff. We're really getting excited for it. And it's just about here. So uh, all of those things in the, and more in the description box. We'll link to the movies and stories and things that we talked about. Um, and, and that being said, uh, we definitely want to give a big shout out to Lindsay Monday. Thank you, Lindsay, for uh, sharing your time and your thoughts with us. We appreciate you being back on this week. Thanks for listening to my mouth vomit. (laughs) 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 Um, Lindsay, I I know last time you didn't, but uh, anything that you would like to pitch out there, any last word for the folks at home? Oh, gosh. No. Vote. Just vote. Just vote. Just vote. Just vote. Just vote. Please. There you go. Just vote. Uh, big shouts out, as always, to our honorary third host. At Jared Buckendall. The birthday boy. Uh, Jared, <laughs> for the folks who are making their way over and getting subscribed on the YouTubes, what can they look forward to coming up? Uh, I'm not entirely sure this weekend. Uh, Sundays, you know, the live, uh, or not the live, but the episode recaps of Lovecraft Country. We're going to be halfway through this week, uh, episode five. But yeah, I think the big thing is the live SoCo show next week. I mean, prepping some uh, graphics for that. Uh, gonna get. It. I already have it scheduled in the channel, so the link and video is already there. Go like it's, it. It's, it's ready to go, people. Go like the video. Oh, we're gonna, I didn't realize that was the case. We're going to yeah, link directly it's, to it's the video set in the up. description. Oh, fuck yeah. It is in there. Click there. Go like it. It doesn't matter that we're not going to start it for a week. Go like it ahead of time. Go drop a comment in there. I don't know if you can do that or not, but um, <laughs> make your way over there, and you're not going to want to miss it. And not only will you get the live Soko show, but everything else Jared is working on, which has been a ton of stuff lately. And uh, guy just continues to crank out top quality shit. So if you want to get, if you want to be on the bandwagon before he becomes G4 famous, <laughs> make sure you get over to YouTube's and get subscribed over there. Uh, like I said, next week, no podcast on Thursday because we're going to be doing the live show on Thursday night. And then the recording of the show will be available on Friday morning. So if you're unable to get, uh, get linked into the live stream, you can hear the audio only version, uh, on Friday. That would be the 18th. So you can look forward to that, uh, coming up in seven days. But for now, uh, that's going to wrap us up for episode 160 for Lindsay Monday, for Jared Buckendall and for the so host Seth Ott. I've been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.